Today on Better Health, I am speaking with Leanne Foster, who is the founder of Neurosource. Leanne Foster's passion is to help people live their healthiest, happiest lives so they can make the world a better place for all. As a master's level psychologist and neurotherapist, epigenetics wellness coach, certified heart math coach, psych K facilitator, frequency specific microcurrent provider, and trauma transformation coach, Leanne gives her clients the type of care that is well-rounded, holistic, and science-based. This conversation I had with Leanne was so fascinating. I know you're going to find so much great information from it, so I hope you enjoy. You're listening to the Better Health Podcast, a platform dedicated to coaching women in areas of health, lifestyle, and legacy by speaking with leading health and wealth experts and with the goal to inspire women to thrive in their lives today and in the future. Now, on to today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to Better Health. On today's show, I'm speaking with Leanne Foster and we're talking about all things brain health and how you can optimize your brain naturally. So welcome to the show, Leanne. Thanks so much for having me, April. It's gonna be a great time. So to start us off, I would just love to know, where are you from and what was your childhood and family like in regards to health? Yeah, that's an informative, (laughs) that's a great question (laughs) and very informative. So I'm actually from the heartland of Illinois. I was born in Peoria and I was given up for adoption right after my birth. And I was adopted into a family who had a lot of struggles. Mm -hmm. And uh, my adoptive mom had diabetes and Mm -hmm. it it was, she didn't take care of herself. Mm -hmm. And so that really informed me as a young child, as I watched her struggle, not just physically, Mm -hmm. but she would have diabetic reactions where she was mentally just not herself. Mm -hmm. And so that put me in a position as a young child um, to kind of be a caretaker and Mm -hmm. to be hypervigilant, right? Watching Mm -hmm. out for me and my little brother for when she wasn't in a state of mind Mm -hmm. or body where she could take care of us. And in fact, you know, it got so bad that two days before my ninth birthday, she died literally from not taking care of herself. That is absolutely crazy. And it forced you as a young child to really take on adult roles and grow up a lot faster than normal, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, yep. totally. So what ended up getting you into the health realm then? So obviously from that experience, I was very concerned about mm-hmm. what I put in my body, food, but I was also very heightened um, and alerted to people's mental state. And that interaction, right, between diet and not just physical health, but mental health. And we're just now getting to the place where people are willing to make that connection. Hmm. And so, you know, I studied psychology, I have a master's in psychology. And then, you know, just through my own life, um, there was a lot of trauma in my childhood. And Hmm. so just attending to my own state of being, you know, I was in a lot of stress Hmm. through a lot of my life. And then when I hit perimenopause, um, Hmm. I ended up being diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroid autoimmune condition. Hmm. And so I quickly realized that conventional medicine was of no help to me. Mm -hmm. And so I enrolled myself in several different certification programs. And I'm happy to say that now, um, you know, now I'm about to turn 57 this week. Mm -hmm. And last year, (laughs) all of my autoimmune numbers are gone. And I feel great. I mean, my energy is is back, my brain capacity is back. Mm -hmm. 
And so, you know, I was really able through my own education to turn this ship around. Yeah. Wow. That is such an amazing birthday gift for yourself. And it's really a great um, image of you taking responsibility over your health, choosing to say, okay, you know, this is all happening in my body and I'm not liking the results. And in order to serve others and um, live optimally, I have to do something about this. And so you really took those steps, which is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. And so um, I know we've talked earlier about a little bit about genetics and how did that tie to your health? What did that tell you more? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things as in my journey was, you know, you notice people going, uh, you need to try the keto diet. You need to try the paleo diet. You need to be vegan, you know, all these different diets. And I just knew that there is not one diet Mm -hmm. for a person, but how do you figure out what is the best diet for you? So uh, several years ago, I met Dr. Dan Stickler, who heads up a peer on epigenetics. Mm-hmm. And I just love their program because they're all about training us to be how, how to be people who look at complex dynamic systems. Mm-hmm. Humans are complex and dynamic, right? It, right. And so I, I just fell in love with their model and they are of high integrity and, Mm -hmm. you know, they really look at the science. And so I enrolled in that program and that helped me to figure out my own genome and what is optimal for me as a unique human being. Mm, Yeah, that is so powerful. I am fully on board with that as well, because, you know, being a part of the health community, there are so many different diets and it was just hard for me to back like one soul diet me like this is the MLB all because I realized, you know, each one of us are affected so differently by food. Like I could be eating something and then my friend is eating the same thing, but you know, myself gains weight, but she doesn't. And then exercising this, like I've realized that in high school and it led up until now where I'm like, wow, our genetic blueprint is like something that can really help optimize our bodies and tailor and personalize you know, different diet, lifestyle, exercise. There's so many things. It's absolutely crazy. So that is so cool. And I'd love to know a little bit more about, we talked briefly on like grains and how that's affected and what that tells you in regards to genetics too. Yeah. You know, there's so much conversation now around gluten Mm -hmm. and there's a term, um, you know, non-celiac gluten sensitivity. And so when we dive into that, in terms of our genetic reports, we look at these GAD genes, glutamic acid enzymes, okay? And so come to find out there's a lot of research about these GAD genes that if you've had childhood trauma, those genes are turned on. So what that, what does that mean for me as a human being, right? All Mm -hmm. those sciencey words. So what it means (laughs) for me as a human being is that if I had trauma and I'm eating a lot of grain, Mm -hmm. Um, dairy, soy, foods high in glutamic acid, I am likely to experience anxiety, brain fog, joint pain, and insomnia. Mm. Okay. Because what happens is if those genes aren't turned on and I eat those foods high in free glutamic acid, my body will convert those to GABA, which is a relaxing Mm. neurotransmitter. That's great, right? right. But if I have those genes turned on, then my body is, 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 instead of converting them to GABA, they're glutamate, Mm. which is an excitatory neurotransmitter, which results in all those things like anxiety, brain fog, pain, and insomnia. 
And so that was a big deal for me. And so I've mm-hmm. cut those things out of my diet and as a result have found really good impact. In fact, it was interesting. A couple days ago, I had a oat um, cereal bar. It was mm-hmm. gluten-free, but mm-hmm. it was made of oats. And I had it later in the afternoon. And that night, I was woken up by some joint pain. Wow. And so I've noticed if I eat those foods closer to bedtime, that will happen to me. So, you know, a lot of it's mm. tuning in and paying attention. That's absolutely crazy. And so like when I brought up gluten, I'm thinking, okay, people are probably listening and they're like, I want to know about brain health. So why the heck would we be talking about gluten and like grains? And it's so crazy how that actually can impact based on our genetics, um, our brain health and, you know, our ability to concentrate Wow. So fascinating. So, um, I'd love to know, I want to interrupt you just one minute. So at our practice, we, we specialize in neurofeedback and we do a lot of different, um, we train the brain and the nervous system. Mm -hmm. We encourage our clients when they're doing our brain training program to get off of gluten and grains and foods that turn quickly Mm -hmm. to sugar because Mm -hmm. they are so inflammatory and that affects the brain immediately. It Mm -hmm. creates inflammation in the brain. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it just, we really encourage that at least for the time that they're doing the brain training. A lot of people end up realizing that they can go gluten-free and they stay that way. Mm -hmm. Some people go back to it and if they feel fine, you know, that's fine. Right. That, and it makes so much sense. I, myself, like for certain times of my life, um, more often than not, when I have greens, I just get this brain fog. I can't concentrate well. Sometimes I get a little anxious and um, not anything too extreme, but it's just, I don't feel right. I don't feel like I can concentrate the best I can. So that's so crazy how it ties to that. Um, And you talked about how, you know, if we've had past trauma, what are some of those experiences, what are some examples of trauma that would end up turning those genes on where if you ate grains, it could affect you? I'm so glad you asked that question (laughs) because a lot of times we equate trauma with extreme experiences. Mm -hmm. And I did have those, you know, I had a mom who died two days before my ninth birthday. I Mm -hmm. had, um, abuse, you know, Mm -hmm. from people in the community, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but what can be trauma? We ask our clients, do you know what it was like for you when your mom was carrying you in her womb? Because if your mom was super stressed out, then you were bathing in stress hormone and that can be developmental trauma. Did you, did you have a traumatic birth? You know, was your mom's birth difficult? That can be trauma. Did you have a lot of ear infections and maybe surgical procedures when you were a young child? That can be trauma. Right. So it's not just abuse and the extreme situations, Mm -hmm. but it can be physical things. And also we've got to be mindful that, you know, we all come to this earth with a different Mm -hmm. uh, temperament Mm -hmm. and some of us are just more sensitive from the get go. And so things may happen in our lives that we have an extreme response to that it feels traumatic to us. Whereas another person may have had that experience and it didn't even ruffle their feather. (laughs) So it's a very individual basis. What is traumatic? That is, that's so, that's so cool to hear. And I mean, it's really informative because most people, like you were saying, think of these crazy traumatic events. And it's like, no, like think about even from being in the womb, there can be some trauma. And so that makes me think about, okay, like, 
thinking about the clients that might come into your practice, you know, I was thinking maybe they had some head injury or whatnot. Um, but that tells me a lot about it can be anyone that could come in and really optimize their brain because we probably had some trauma to some degree in our life. So tell me a little bit more about the type of people that could come into your practice yeah. and what we could work on. Absolutely. So we do get a lot of people with head trauma and um, we have an, an arrangement with the VA here in Memphis where um, if a veteran gets authorized for treatment, they can come in and those veterans usually have a combination of traumatic brain injury and PTSD. So we get a lot of that. We get a lot of children who have ADD and learning disabilities, maybe you're on the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing more and more children with anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And I think it is to do a lot with the environmental, a lot of environmental factors, oh, you know, 100%. toxins, blue light toxicity from mm -hmm. the, from all the devices they're always on. But, you know, we, it, what's interesting is we see a lot of people, um, you know, from like 25 to maybe 65 who will come in and they've had maybe chronic depression, maybe even low grade chronic, chronic depression their whole lives. And it's so fascinating because we, we look at everything from a very systems point of view. Right. And one of the things we're seeing more and more of is as we dig into their history and look at their symptoms, they're, mm -hmm. they're showing signs of chronic toxicity. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing a lot of mold and Lyme and co-infections and people wow. who have increasing like more and more food sensitivities, you know, so mm -hmm. we're kind of diving in more. I'm getting a detoxification certification now so I <laughs> can serve awesome. my clients better Yeah, because the, the world has become so toxic and we have to learn how to live a lifestyle where we detoxify because it does affect our brain. It mm -hmm. does suck the energy out of us right. and being, you know, happy, and creative cognitively takes a lot of energy. I can imagine. <laughs> that is crazy. And if you think, you know, if you have heavy metals in your body, which most people do to some degree because of what we're consuming and the different foods we have in our life, I mean, that is ultimately, think about that. Like if you have a lot of mercury in your body, you've people have heard about mercury toxicity and how that can affect like if you're pregnant or whatever. And so thinking about if you have that in your body, that's toxic to your brain. You can't think properly. That's going to affect it to some degree. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. And dental issues oh, right. really contribute to a lot of that chronic low grade infection that keeps our body from being able to be optimized. Mm -hmm. Wow. So when clients come to work with you, what is the protocol that you typically go for? Because, I mean, it seems very holistic. Like you're talking about genetics. You're talking about now how you want to do stuff with detox. Um, what are some of the things that you look for and you go over with your, your patients? Yeah. yeah. So the first thing that we do is do, we do a lot of history taking and we mm -hmm. don't just do it once. Because if you just do a, an intake of history one time, you aren't getting enough information. Mm. So. Um, we do that repeatedly so that we can gather enough good information. We're putting a puzzle together, right? Because mm -hmm. people that come to us, a lot of times they're having complex issues. Yeah. So um, the, one of the main things that we do is we run a 3D quantitative EEG. Mm -hmm. So we put a 19 channel EEG cap on people and we run a very, very thorough brain map. 
So wow. we can tell what areas and networks of their brain are potentially underactivated, overactivated. Mm. We can see all kinds of information, right? Mm -hmm. And so that really helps us a lot. And people okay. are amazed when we go over the results of the brain map because my husband is usually able to explain their symptoms to them mm -hmm. and describe their symptoms better than they are. Wow. So it's very, very telling. And I'll tell you something, we're seeing a lot of metabolic issues in the brain, low mm. power, right? And, mm. and that's a other reflection of toxicity mm. that we've got to begin to address worldwide. We've got to take care of the earth and we've got to take care of each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so that's kind of the foundation because we do the brain training through neurofeedback mm -hmm. and then we do some other things, you know, if people are wanting to, I love to dive into their genetics with mm -hmm. them so that we can set their lifestyle up because yes. while we're doing the brain training, we want them to have optimal nutrients for them mm -hmm. and we want to get the talk what's toxic to them out of their diet. You know, we go over things like, how are you moving your body on a daily yeah. basis? Um, you know, I tell people sleep is the mama of the body. And if mama ain't happy, <laughs> ain't nobody happy. So we address that first. That. Yeah. yeah, it is. That's vital, right? Mm -hmm. That's when your brain and body heal is when you get enough deep sleep at night. Mm. Um, you know, and then we look at stress management and we okay. do um, heart rate variability training with all of our mm -hmm. clients. So they learn how to sense what state their body is in, whether mm -hmm. they're in fight or flight or whether they're maybe kind of in the, you know, burnout, falling asleep kind of mm -hmm. state. Right. But then we give them the tools on how to even modulate that with breath mm -hmm. and, and mindset work. Totally. Wow. Yeah. And it's common reoccurrence um, as I talk to others in the health realm of our mindset and how powerful our brain is. And you could be taking all the supplements you want, but you know, they could be making no difference to your body if your mindset isn't in the right mindset. <laughs> You're absolutely right. It's powerful. It is. So what are some, how do you work with mindset and your clients and how do you go about that? Yeah. So uh, many different ways. We, um, I do some coaching counseling blend with people. Okay. Um, I, I have a, I have a kind of a unique setup here. Mm -hmm. um, I use a technology called frequency specific microcurrent. Okay. Uh, it is phenomenal. It, um, and so I will put people on a biomat which mm -hmm. helps to reduce pain and inflammation. So they're laying on a, um, a massage table okay. in a very, very calming environment. And I hook them up to the frequencies depending upon what kind of symptoms they have. So for instance, if they have anxiety, right? If they have mm -hmm. any kind of physical pain in their body, um, I have a PTSD protocol on there. And so they're in a very relaxed state and then I oftentimes do some heart rate variability biofeedback to get them even more mm -hmm. relaxed. And then we kind of, we, we start to bring up the things that they're most afraid of. Mm -hmm. And we begin to talk about what are some other ways we could look at that? Hmm. What kind of different perspective might we have on that? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of helping people change their perspective and their perceptions and the stories that they're telling themselves. Yeah. And that's the main, in my opinion, that is one of the main damaging effects 
of developmental childhood trauma is it literally sets the brain up to perceive danger ahead of anything else. Wow. And so you become entrained in this very hypervigilant, I'm looking for what could go wrong. Mm -hmm. And that deprives your, your brain the ability to take a rest and to notice what's right and beautiful and amazing, right? Mm -hmm. And to spend energy on creativity. Yeah. So we do a lot of coaching around that to kind of start to change that. But we, it's not just coaching. We're working on the physiology through the brain training and the frequencies to kind of loosen up that limbic system. Wow. Right. And mm -hmm. to, so we're working at it from a lot of angles to help yeah. them learn how to get to a state of rest and a state where they can even have some different perspectives and perceptions. Wow. That is, it is so crazy. There's so much that goes into it and it's, it's so fascinating. And you talked about how childhood trauma without even realizing it can affect our whole mindset. Can any trauma in adulthood, like I mean, upper teens or low twenties, mid twenties, can any experiences we have that are traumatic affect our mindset later on in life? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the difference is, is when a child has been raised in trauma, their brain has developed differently. So in very important developmental stages, their brain got, you know, tuned to that hypervigilance. So mm -hmm. they might, it takes a little more work mm -hmm. and a little more effort to even help them experience a state of profound peace because mm -hmm. they haven't experienced that. They haven't felt wow. what it felt like. It only feels normal to feel hypervigilant and afraid, mm -hmm. right? Whereas as an adult who has PTSD, that's still very impactful and yeah. and we still need to work on that mm -hmm. but if they had a childhood where they were nurtured and they felt a safe place inside mm -hmm. then they have something that they can return to does that make sense oh yeah totally that is so fascinating so interesting huh so you know have you had any experiences with people where you know you have helped them to achieve an optimistic mindset. I'm not sure the official words that you would call it, but where they've had traumatic events as a child. And um, are there any experiences you've had with clients where they've been altered and were able to be relieved and have hope for not experiencing, you know, anxiety or fight or flight in any type of instance? Absolutely. Um, I've had some really tough cases through the years. Of, mm -hmm. And I, I consider these people that I get the honor to work with, so mm. brave and courageous. Mm. But I've, I'm especially thinking of one woman who's she's just amazing, and she um, had extreme, extreme abuse as a child, wow. and um, she was so triggered that there were like a song would come on, and she would go into a lockdown and just become almost like a zombie or she would have a full panic attack and she lived her life kind of going in and out of extreme dissociation mm -hmm. um, and so we did brain training with her and she's amazing she started now a, a non-profit and she's just wow. free of all that she can hear those songs and it doesn't send her into any kind of state anymore and so yeah i mean it's 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 so rewarding to see people free to be who they really are yeah. Wow. 
so inspirational and hopeful for those that feel, okay, I'm hopeless. You know, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. This is just how I am. So that's really encouraging for those people. Now, experiences like that and clients like that, do they come back every few years or every few months for check-ins or are they good? No, our goal is to get people out of here and not dependent upon us. So mm. we, we do a program. And so the research is behind what we do. We, we require a mm -hmm. 30 minimum of 30 sessions. And most people, when they're done with those 30 sessions are good to go and we don't see them again. Um, sometimes we'll see people again. It's usually when we've trained kids and then they get to the point where they're studying for the ACT and they mm. want to really blow it out of the water. <laughs> They'll come back in and say, can I just have a few sessions to get my brain amped up? You know? Wow. Yeah. So, but other than that, we really, I will say we do have some more long-term cases like autism spectrum okay. yeah. where sometimes they may come back and just do a few sessions Okay. Every once in a while, when we've got a developmental stage happening, maybe, and it's kind of throwing <laughs> them off with the hormones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. But overall, our whole goal is to make people independently healthy. Yes. So we're training them in lifestyle. And how do I know what's best for me? Mm -hmm. We want them to be, be that on their own and, and go spread the news and help people <laughs> be independently healthy. Mm, that's really powerful. That is, that's the great way to approach it because you don't want people to be dependent on, you know, drugs, medicines, supplements. You want to essentially the end goal with health and optimizing your body is to be free of things that you are ultimately dependent on for optimal health, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, wow. So cool. And so you work with all ages then. I'd love to hear a little bit more about children and, you know, using their genetics and how you do that, because obviously they haven't been living as long as a 30 or 40 year old, um, how do you tailor their lifestyle? Yeah. So again, um, the children that are coming in here mm -hmm. are typically coming in because they've got other things going on. So okay. we've got a learning disability or we've got, you know, a lot of um, maybe sensitivity to stimulation. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so when the children that I've worked with, you know, we've been able to see why they are having that sensitivity. A lot of them have genes that make them susceptible to toxicity and Lyme mm -hmm. and mold and environmental toxins. And so in the report, we're able to see that. And then we're able to, you know, give their families information like, you know, you've got to, you've got to test your house for mold. You've got to get an air quality system in your home that's making mm -hmm. sure that it's killing mold and bacteria and things like that. You know, mm -hmm. uh, water filtration. We just, we really help their family go, how do we set our life up to help our child have the best chance to be right. their non-toxic selves? <laughs> right. Oh, yes. And, you know, I've been in the school system. I was a fourth grade teacher and then I subbed for a few years and man, I have seen so many crazy things in regards to children's health and their, how they act and their brain health. It's just, it's nuts. And so thinking about the toxicity that these kids might have in them, and then, you know, then the trauma that they might be experiencing at home, it's like, it just all leads to how they act then at school. And, you know, it gives people a sense of hope too, where they don't want to go um, and use Adderall for their child. They, they don't want to choose that option. And they're like, well, what else do we do? 
So understanding that, yeah, it's, it might take a little bit of work, but it's only, it's only going to be worth it in the end to do yeah. that extra work and to do something like this. Yeah. You know, these kids, um, they are facing so much more than my generation did mm. in terms of toxicity, but not just that, but just the speed of life mm. and the amount of information they're expected to know. And so we really need to be training all of our children in mm -hmm. stress resilience and those and self-care skills. And right. one of the things that I'm sad to see is a lot, especially with ADD and, mm -hmm. and autism spectrum, these kids are typically brilliant mm. and they're very, very almost painfully self-aware. So they get anxious and depressed because they know that for whatever reason, they're not able to perform up to their potential. Mm. And so when we give them the lifestyle skills to support them, mm -hmm. you know, to help them deal with the toxicities and the sensitivities, they're able to become more of who they really are wow. instead of having to deal with that incredible self-judgment mm. that they mm. feel. I bet. Wow. That is really encouraging to hear. And I mean, it brings so much hope for, any situation and as someone that has experienced a lot of like children that may experience autism it's just it keeps me hopeful as well so it's really encouraging um so i would just love to know are there any few key takeaways to wrap us up that you have for listeners so number one as i said before i would say really really tune into your sleep mm -hmm. study sleep hygiene set consider your sleep as one of the most important health tools on the planet mm -hmm. and get serious about it and understand that your sleep begins when you wake up in the morning right mm -hmm. with exposure to sunlight the kind yes. of food you eat the, the ways that you move your body and get exercise the stress resilience the way that you train your brain to focus on what is amazing and beautiful in life instead mm -hmm. of defaulting to what's wrong, mm -hmm. right? And so all of that plays into how well I can be at rest and allow my body to restore and heal and rejuvenate itself mm. at night like it was designed to. Right. So to me, that's number one. And I know that was a lot in that number one. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes <laughs> i and love then, that though yeah keep going <laughs> well like you said before i think number two i would say you could eat all the right foods for you mm -hmm. you could take all the right supplements but mm -hmm. if your mindset is one of negativity and judgment and especially self-judgment mm -hmm. you know it's just rampant that self-criticism yeah then you just have stress hormone constantly circulating through your body. Mm -hmm. And so learn ways to become your best friend and your best cheerleader and your safest, kindest, gentlest place to rest. Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite tools is through internal family systems okay. therapy, Richard Schwartz. People can look that up on YouTube and get so much help for free mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. But it's basically how to tend and befriend the parts of yourself, yeah. right? That are maybe kind of keeping that mind spinning, mm -hmm. right? And keeping right. you focused on what you're afraid of. Um, and there are ways around that. And, and ultimately, they're about learning love and self-love mm -hmm. and trust and trusting mm -hmm. that, you know, God really 
is working all things together for our good, even yeah. when they don't look good in the moment. Totally. Amen to that. Wow. All such good points and things that people can take away and implement into their life and think about and reflect on. I mean, I know sleep. I, I am very into sleep. I notice when I get less than eight hours of sleep and it affects my body, affects my focus and my energy and going accordingly to the sun and the circadian rhythm. It's just so vital and something that few people are doing these days too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Awesome. Such a great episode so far. And all the information you've shared with us, Leanne, is so important. And I've, I've learned so much. I'm sure listeners have as well. And now we head into the hardest part of it all. This is the most difficult part, the rapid fire questions. Okay. <laughs> so they're all fun. They're all fun. I'm just joking with you. So who <laughs> is the most influential woman in your life? Hmm. There's so many women that I look up to. You know, I think right now, just because, you know, here we are on election day, 2020. <laughs> right. And um, I've been diving into some Brene Brown writings mm. lately. Okay. And I think yeah. she's been one of the biggest influencer because she has that balance of addressing the difficult part of life, mm-hmm. but doing it with hope right. and, and faith and trust and helping us to really like, you know, her, her big being vulnerable, being Mm. honest, and that takes great courage and trust. And I think this world will, will become a better place when we all learn how to, how to create those spaces Mm -hmm. in our, in ourselves, in our environment with Mm -hmm. the people around us that we love and spread that further and further. So true. So true. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Very powerful. Um, what is your favorite food? My favorite food today. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way I you think. Love, I love food so much. Me too. <laughs> I think one of my most favorite foods is a really well done, like wild caught salmon that's oh. thick and like has good spices. Moist and, and succulent. Seared, yeah, and moist mm. and oh yeah. I want I'm one now. with you. I am with you, Leanne. Wow, we should definitely have a foodie session. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you a past, present, or future thinker? I am a future thinker trying to remain more in the present. <laughs> mm, very common answer. You would have no idea. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> Um, what is your favorite travel destination or a dream destination? Beach, always the beach. Uh, I cannot get enough sunshine. And you know, in the wind, I mean, we have, we have pretty good temperatures here in Memphis, Tennessee, but if I can get down to the beach in the wintertime, I just feel so much better. Mm -hmm. And my brain turns on. I I just Mm -hmm. don't do well with winter. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree too. I mean, we talk about this as well, how we both love humidity, which is a rare occurrence, but we just feel so healthy and our skin feels moist and it's a good thing. Yeah. And then last question, if you had unlimited funds, what health gadgets and tools would you buy? And now I know you have a lot of tools with your um, clinic, but let's think about what you would like to buy. So what I, what I, my next the next thing that I want to buy and we'll get there is um, a hyperbaric oxygen. And I don't know mm-hmm. if we're going to do a chamber or if we're going to do the EWAT where it's a mm-hmm. face mask that you use while you're exercising mm-hmm. that pumps in oxygen. Wow. Um, but that would really 
enhance neurofeedback, mm -hmm. especially with people with those metabolic issues in the brain. If we could oxygenate them up before they do their training, we would see quite an improvement. So that is what mm -hmm. we want to do. But overall, my husband is such a visionary mm -hmm. and he's actually creating um, what he calls the human optimization suit. Cool. And so I would pour all of my money into <laughs> hiring the engineers that we need to get that invention going. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. So innovative. I'm excited to see what you're going to end up creating in the future. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and then last, how can connect, uh, listeners connect with you? So we have a website and it mm -hmm. is neurosource.net. Okay. And we're also on Facebook at Neurosource. Nice. Awesome. I will put that in the show notes. Very Thanks. nice. Thank you so much for joining us today, Leanne. I know you were one of the first people I ever reached out to when it comes to health and just networking and you were just so welcoming to me. So I appreciate you being on here. It's an honor. Oh, thank you for what you're doing. This is so needed. And I just appreciate you creating this podcast and educating people so that they can be more of themselves and we can make it a better world, right? Exactly. Wow. Thank you so much, Leanne. It was a pleasure. Thank you.